Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined as always by my buddy, Matt Basinger. Best friend. Best friend. We are drinking vodka tonics right now, and it is absolutely delicious. How's yours? It tastes a lot like coffee with cream. That's because you're drinking the coffee with cream and not the vodka tonic I made. Very nice. Uh, we're in the Let It Fly Media Studios, and today's episode is brought to you by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. When you focus on your dreams and goals and your bank is there to cheer them on and make them possible, that's, that's the power of a partnership. Emprise Bank. That was great. That we was killed that intro right really, there. Really, really yeah. good. <laughs> Please continue. Today's guest is a friend of both Matt and me, Grant Gooding. He is the CEO and founder of Proof Positioning. Grant, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. What's going on, boys? Grant, what do you do? Excellent question. That's why he asked. Yep. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, this I is... own a market research company. Uh-huh. And we specialize in uh, basically emotional resonance testing. What does that mean? I know. <laughs> like, you, ha you remember how dumb I am, so you have to explain it for me to be able to understand One minute it. and 18 seconds into this show, Matt has offered the quote of the show's history. Please mark that. Continue. I love the self-deprecation. So basically, human beings and how they buy are pretty simplistic. Oftentimes we think that the smart part of our brain is responsible for decision-making. Turns out it physiologically doesn't even participate in our decisions. So complex decisions, simple decisions, buying a car, buying a sandwich same parts of the brain are operating. It's the limbic system. So if we know that and we want people to buy things or we want people to donate money or we want to convince them to do something that we want them to do, we have to utilize how the brain naturally operates. So what we did was we built a mathematical system that allows us to identify which ideas and which types of things are most emotionally resonant so that it makes it easier to communicate the right things to people to get them to buy. So let's translate that for people listening that have companies. Um, you sell widgets, and you would like people to buy more widgets. We can tell you which elements of the widgets or which value props of those widgets will mathematically maximize your probability of selling more. And so it's for marketing campaigns, for social media posts, for... Sales, communications, marketing, product development. The things that you should hit on rather than it's a broom that sweeps up dirt... Talk about how dirty floors bring in disease and you need to get them cleaned up. Right, that because there's thing. probably a lot more emotional resonance connected to the idea of cleanliness than there is to the fact that you're sweeping up dirt. So our job is to figure out what elements of the outcomes of that broom are necessarily most emotionally resonant so that you are saying the right things. It's kind of cheating, really. As long as you like making money, we're probably a good fit. I think we all like making money. So and oh, hopefully everybody else. So so how does it how does it work when let's start from square one? Um you you have your company and someone says blade I'm interested timber. in making more Yeah, sure. Yeah, blade and timber. Yeah, let's use yeah. let's use Matt's blade and timber. Um Matt wants to make more money. Matt calls Grant. How does it work? So we have to follow scientific method, turns out. Uh, so we have to start with hypotheses. So Matt has to have some uh, uh, issues that he would like to get resolved or get insights into. So for instance, he might go, hey, you know what we've noticed? There's basically two major types of people that come here. Uh, one, it's groups of people that are maybe at a company. 
uh, or a group of friends that want to just come here and hang out and be really casual. And then there's this other group of people who like super want to get good at throwing axes. Not something we anticipated, but it's something we're starting to see. Both are equally profitable in their own way. But I'm concerned about marketing and communicating to these two different audiences because they clearly want two different things. So could you, Grant, come in and figure out how we need to segment these two different audiences so that we can look at communication and advertising campaigns that are going to be mathematically efficient so that we are hyper-targeting these two audiences, saying the right things, and we don't accidentally say the right thing to the wrong person or sure. the wrong thing to the right person. So uh, one, I, I want to back up just a little bit, and I want to dive more into this, but how did you get into this? Like, um, Have you ever, like... Uh, tripped backwards and hit your head and been like, oh, it's kind of like that over a period of many years. So what did you do prior? Let's start So there. I worked in mergers and acquisitions as an analyst and um, hyper-focused on uh, integration. So integration was what my favorite part. How do we bring these two organizations together? How's that going to work? And one of the things that I noticed, which is pretty discouraging and, and shocking unless you've been in this, is the probability of an acquisition working. So let's say that you're you're Blade and Timber, and there is a, a John John's axe throwing next door. John's axe throwing, right? And John does not do a good job, and you go in and you're like, Psh, I can turn this thing, I can turn this thing around. We can utilize the assets. This is going to be a real easy acquisition. So the probability of so let's just say that when you bought or you looked at John's axe throwing, it was making money, right? It was mm -hmm. profitable, but you're like, oh man, this guy's doing half what he should. Sure. So. You make the purchase. There's only a 30% probability that inside three years, John's axe throwing is actually making any money at all. So there's a 70% probability you're going to playing you're going to be paying debt service on uh, an upside down company. So how the hell do you explain that? That doesn't make any sense. How does that happen at such a high frequency? And it doesn't matter if it's John's axe throwing or it's a distiller or it's a bank. Or well, banks actually are a little—they're too highly regulated. But if it's a if it's a distributor um, or a manufacturer, how do you explain those failure rates? We think of those failures, right? And so we started digging into there's something that's happening that's non-mathematical, right? Because there's lots of smart people that look at the numbers and look at you know all of the they analyze the company backwards and forwards. So what do we? What's missing? And uh, so we, we did all these autopsies on these on these acquisitions. Some of them were obvious, and some were not. Maybe not quite so obvious as to why those failures existed. Um, and what we found was the answer was sort of bizarre and simple. So simple it's like an Occam's razor type of a thing. And the answer was that no one really understands why people do business with them. And and it's not that they don't have any idea. They have an idea. If you ask them, they'll tell you an answer. But is that answer true? So we started measuring that and found out it's absolutely uh, – no one has any idea. Um, I, I, we actually have a number of the percent probability that an organization, the CEO, and the leadership team actually knows correctly why their customers do business with them, and it's in the single digits. Hmm. It is not uh, – uh, it's not – why? Is it because we're stupid people? It's inherently unknowable information, and we tend to overvalue our own thing, right? We live inside a house that has four walls, so what color is the outside of the paint? Yes. We don't know. <laughs> There's paint. So uh, you, you mentioned earlier, like, uh, what you do almost seems like cheating, right? And I think for folks who... 
go into business and even have levels or measures of success, uh, they're coming to you sometimes like, hey, you know, in short, we want to make more money. We've maybe even we've done a great job so far, but we feel like there's this other aspect of our customer or of our mindset that would help us reach new customers that we would like to unlock. We've seen your success with other companies that you work with. But what is it like for you to, ha to in short, have to convince folks like, hey, either this is way simpler than you thought it was, or this is way more complicated or both. And, and we really think you should do this. Like how, how are your customers always listening to you? Are they trusting you that they should be looking at it this new way? The, 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 the bigger thing there probably is just also, how do you acquire new customers? Is it people calling you or is it you marketing to people? I guess that's part of it. And then that second part is Matt's. Um, right now. So, uh, 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 Andy, your question, we, we don't do a really a very good job of mark. We don't really market. And part of the reason is because it's inherently challenging, right? It's, it's our category is bizarre, mm -hmm. right? I mean, our category is market research. Um, anybody can go do a survey, Anybody can pick up the phone and call a customer. So it's not exactly something that's really easy to figure out. Most of the time, uh, uh, a client is uh, more, so basically word of mouth, and we're very lucky that what we do when we fell back and hit our head, this thing that we created happens to work pretty well. And so just pretty lucky. But it's it's challenging to to market. There's a, there's there's a there's a certain point in time where you're like, okay, I need to like take this seriously. I need to figure this out. And it's because they've tried a lot of things and are fed up, or they're forward thinking enough to where they're like, you know how much waste and rework it's going to cost me if I don't understand the true value propositions associated with this new product or this new vertical we're going into. We're gonna it, it can be millions of dollars of waste. And if we can come in and figure it out and say, actually, don't take this product in this market. It's not going to work, and here's why. Uh, that's that's a pretty easy way to navigate the vision of your company. Mm -hmm. So it's typically one of those two situations. It's desperation and, like, we have to figure this out to grow. <laughs> or, like, hey, we don't want this train to slow down. Let's make sure that we're rock and roll in the right direction. How is business? Like, how, but, how are you guys doing? How, how big is your business? Are you working primarily in Kansas City? Let's start with the first two, though. How's business? Yeah, business is we're very lucky. Like I didn't intend this to happen, but we're 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 fairly recession proof. So we were very lucky. We were untouched by COVID, right? The C word. We, we didn't have to deal with a lot of things that both of you had to deal with. Oh. Um, because it doesn't matter if you're doing well or things or if you're in trouble, because we we can still provide insights and value if things are going up or things are going down. Sure. You still so uh, this is great we we grow basically 60 to 100 percent year over year and, and is that in both numbers of folks that work with you or is that just in revenue or i mean in, in revenue yep. um but uh we're i mean we're you know we're a pretty small company we have seven sure. people so for someone who's like man i'm listening to this podcast grant sounds like a super intriguing guy I want to do what he does either with proof or, or elsewhere. Like how do they even get into this world? Is this, do you feel like you're more science-based? Is it math? Is it just that perfect combination of understanding the two? Is it the intuitiveness that you have having known you for, for years? I think it's, 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 it's a tricky cocktail. Um, that was an intended pun. I like that. Yeah. Um, and, and because you can have maths. He's not drinking it. Right. <laughs> I, I fell for it. I thought, we were all drinking vodka, but we're not. Yeah, we don't allow the guests to have cocktails. We're not sure if you're 21 or not. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Math, science. Oh, like it's a tricky yeah. cocktail I, because 
Well, but part of this question also, I think, is that would be really appropriate to sort of explain to the audience is what is your final report even like? Like when someone calls you, what, what are they expecting to actually receive from you at the end? You know, they don't need to know your process to get there, yeah. but like what, what, what are they, what value do they They're like, Hey, I have this report or I'm getting these, these things and it's going to tell me where to market or, you know, I mean, just sort of layering that in as well. In a word answers. Right. So uh, going back to right the, the the answer about or the the questions about looking at like blade and timber. Right. Mm -hmm. We have these two distinct audiences. Which one has high upside opportunity? Which one has sustainability? Which one has a higher repeat factor? What do you and you say? I look. I need to focus on one or two of these because I can't afford to do both. Mm -hmm. Which one of these do I need to focus on? I can give you the math and say focus on this group. This is what you say to them. This is how you market to them. This is the repeat probability. Now you have a very simple answer to what we call burning questions. So our starting point is just tell us what's driving you nuts. If it's not driving you nuts, don't call us because that means there's a lot of people that could probably help you. But if you, people are having trouble figuring th figuring something out, like it's like there are variables that you can't wrap your head around. Like no one's ever called us for an accounting or finance problem because you have all the data you need in order to make a decision or understand the situation. If the answer exists inside people's heads, that's when that's when when people call us. Mm. That work for you? I think so. Yeah, I just want to make sure that people know. So when's what? Uh, you know, what's the proof? Like, how, are, what are the what are maybe some businesses or if you can't name names, just examples of like, man, this company came and they had this issue, and then this was our outcome, and now they're doing this other thing that's eight hundred times you know more profitable than what they were doing pre-proof positioning. A lot of times, it's not that like stuff comes out of left field. Sometimes stuff does come out of left field, and we're like, there's a variable you are totally missing. That doesn't happen that often, maybe one out of 50 or 100 times. Most of the time, it's aligning variables, okay? So let's, let's think about the average campaign. If you do, a, if you do a, a reasonable marketing campaign that uses a couple of different mediums, a couple of different uh, communications, uh, value props or, or taglines or whatever, and you're targeting a few different audiences. Um, we, did a, we did a white paper on this that no one read, but there, the approximate number of variables that exists in that process is 1.083 million. So which of those variables are you getting correct? What happens if you actually did get one correct, but the rest of the variables were wrong and the campaign still failed? How do you know which ones you got correct? It's inherently a noble information. So... Um, I can't remember what we were talking about. Uh, like uh, just success stories, maybe. Oh, about, oh, oh. yeah. So, and, um, and, and part of that also, I think, and this is really my last business question on it is are people really looking for these success stories? Is it like, hey, we have a, a business and we're launching <clears throat> electric vehicles and we don't need you to help us with electric vehicles. <clears throat> we need to figure out the user interface <clears throat> or the like, the keyless entry. Like, are people literally looking to you to help solve their entire business problem? or like a single component? Not typically. So the first study that we'll do for a company is like, we call, we typically call it the lay of the land, where they just kind of want it. there's a bunch of stuff that's bugging them, sacred cow type stuff. We've always thought this, is that true? Uh, so typically the first study we do from somebody for somebody is really broad. After that, it's normally highly targeted types of things. We have always wanted to try and sell this into the public school market, mm -hmm. but we know it's gonna take us 18 months and at least $250,000 in salaries and salespeople just to see if it'll work, we can lay that whole thing out for you. So 
the 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 more fun stuff, to be quite frank, is those highly targeted like types of things where it's like, I want to know this and this and this and this about this particular kind of business. Selling whiskey to small retail liquor stores in small towns. How do we get Not them? just selling alcohol to liquor stores. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Grant, you are one of Kansas City's most interesting men. I have <laughs> one more question because uh, we got we got to wrap up. We could talk forever. Um, outside of playing golf with me a couple weeks ago, Harry. what is the coolest thing that you've ever done? I thought What's you, the coolest thing I've ever done? How are those yeah, related? Ever. <laughs> I just had to say that because we played golf and you weren't there, which means he probably likes me better. But please continue. With I your don't play golf. Very important question. <laughs> That's the market research. Um, dude, that's a tough. You know what? Uh, you know what my major was in. I, I Let me guess. <sighs> Did it have anything to do with anything you've done in your life? <laughs> or I mean, I mean, I mean, in terms of work. No. No. History. No. Sociology. You know who has one of the coolest uh, 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 backgrounds? Harry Campbell. You know what Harry Campbell's major was? Asian history. But he, we're I'm talking sure about you. a lot. Right. Coolest thing I've ever done. Go. Music. Uh, uh, I sang in Carnegie Hall. That is awesome. Do you want to close this out with a song? Were there people there? No. Everybody always asks that. I'm kidding. <laughs> were, there, were there people in Carnegie Hall when you sang? Or were you just Well, there were. It wasn't just me. I wasn't like... I wasn't like you know, Pavarotti on the stage by myself. No, but I mean, were there outfit. people in the audience or were you just There like, were people in the audience. Did, did you like pay to rent an house? I mean, so they left. <laughs> Grant, <laughs> on yeah. behalf of Jay Rieger and Co., Let It Fly Media, Swell Spark, and Emprise Bank, thank you so much for making time for our shenanigans today. We wish you continued success and uh, excited to see how you continue to grow here in Kansas City. Thank you, gentlemen. And beyond. To infinity.